for the win. It's good. Fires over the middle. Collins at the goal line. Touchdown, Miners. This is the Mineshaft, a UTEP football podcast, part of the Republic of Football Network. Now here's your host, Colin Deaver, and former UTEP kicker, Gavin Beckley. Folks, I'm sorry I've been lacking on the Mineshafts, getting the episodes out here. I apologize for that, but we do have a very special episode for you today. The Mineshaft Podcast, the uh, member of the Republic of Football Network by Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Kind of a live edition in a lot of ways. The first time we've done an in-person interview, we are joined by the new UTEP football coach, Scotty Walden, of course, came on from Austin P a couple of weeks back and has just really hit the ground running uh, the first couple of weeks here at UTEP. First of all, coach, um, I want to introduce you as much as possible to the fan base and um, give, give a sense of kind of where things are at with the program right now. But just what has been going on for you guys the last couple of weeks is uh, recruiting has kind of been, I think, your main thing that you've been worried about. But what is the first couple of weeks on the job been like for you? Yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're just now coming up for water barely, you know, they're coming up for air from the water, I guess, uh, barely. But uh, it's been hot and heavy, man. It's 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 been awesome. Um, you know, started out, you know, getting off the off the plane, doing the press conference and and that whole bit, and, you know, getting our, our, our staff here. You know, I, I, I was really, really excited. You know, about two days later, we were able to get our staff in. And, and that's just kudos to our admin and our, our uh, you know, our, our process here at UTEP, you know, to, to, to be able to hire people super fast and be able to get people in place where they need to be. Um, and then, uh, you know, the next step was to meet with our team. You know, that was the, the it, it, that, that, that's been kind of hard because I've only gotten to be in front of them essentially one time. Uh, but I was I was very fortunate to get in front of those guys and, and kind of lay the groundwork of what we're going to do and, and who we're going to be and where we're going. And uh, and then, as you said, it's been full-fledged recruiting, you know, since then. We want to uh, – started out wanting to connect with the, the city of El Paso first, you know, and, and own our, our home, uh, own our city. And that's – I think any job you have, I don't, I don't care where you're coaching at, um, but especially in the state of Texas, you better own uh, the home front. You know, you, you better make sure that you've got ties um, and, and you get, uh, you know, boots on the ground in your home city. And uh, we got a great city in El Paso, and we want to keep uh, great players in the city at home. And so that was like number one, man. We got every – we hit every El Paso high school uh, within a three-day period. Our entire staff covered um, – you know, all 30-some-odd high schools in El Paso and the surrounding areas. And uh, so I, I, I still – I get different numbers. I've asked different people how many high schools are in El Paso, and I get different numbers. So uh, it, uh, it's, it's, in the, it seems to be around the 30 range. And so 30, – 32 in El Paso and then seven in New Mexico. So I have – yeah, I have to know the number off the top of my head. So you got 39 total in the region. I See, I, you need to get a recruiting stipend in here, man. <laughs> we, need, we, need, we need to get you on the payroll or something. I needed, I needed, I needed that because no one would give me an answer on that. But uh, we got boots on the ground in, in, in every single – high school and that was great and then man we had two official visits you know my literally uh you know press conference on wednesday uh, then we had an official visit uh, that Saturday, and then we just had an official visit with, you know, we hosted a, a, a large group this past weekend. And so we feel really good about where we're at from a commit standpoint and, and where we're going from the mid-year. And we just get, we got to keep building this thing. You know, we, we know that, uh, you know, it, it was definitely a challenge because um, so many young men had, had entered the portal before we, we got here. Um, and, and some young men have, have – we've had two young men that have come out of the portal, um, you know, that we've recruited back and working on a few more that have voiced uh, – that they want to be a minor and that's that's my whole thing is I I want people that want to be here uh, from a coaching staff standpoint and player standpoint so uh, but it has been full go brother since day one and and we're really excited to build the program here at UTEP. 
Yeah, actually, who have you managed, of the guys that did enter the portal, who have you managed to get to stay here and come back to YouTube and play for you? Yeah, so uh, Otis Pitts will be coming back for us, and Marcus Vinson, the tight end, will be coming back for us. So um, those two guys, were really excited to have those guys back. Um, they um, reached out pretty quickly um, and voiced, uh, you know, wanting to to be back in our program. And after meeting with them and, and hearing, uh, you know, people around the program, um, that was really cool to, uh, you know, to get those guys back to be minors. And still a couple more we're, we're trying to work on. And so uh, we'll see where that goes. But at the end of the day, um, it, it's all about recruiting young men that want to be in this locker room, that want to be a part of, uh, you know, UTEP football and where we're going and where our culture is going. You, uh, I, I, we're recording this a couple days before signing day now, um, and you've talked about all the visits that you've had. As of right now, how many commits do you have um, for Wednesday? How many guys are you expecting to sign early on, on Wednesday as of right now? I mean, I, you know, I think that as of right now, I feel really strong, and I'm and so I'm. You're catching me at a very nervous time right here because I'm very, very paranoid right now uh, because we got to hang on to some really good players. Um, but you know, I would, I would suffice to say, uh, including the portal guys, which is kind of unique. You know, we were kind of talking about this before we went on air. Uh, you know, we want to release those guys. There's some paperwork and some things logistically that have to get done. So you may not see all these guys roll out um, right on Wednesday, uh, but we're anticipating. Uh, you know, this first class, you know, having somewhere between 15 and 20 uh, players uh, in this class. And so we're really, really excited about that. We need to replenish the roster with some depth and obviously talent. And, uh, you know, we, we are uh, implementing two new systems. And so we have to, uh, you know, we, we have a player personnel guy we abide by. We have a, uh, you know, a, a roster size for each position. And so we have to make sure that we have those uh, positions maximized as we go into spring because spring ball is going to be very important for us as we go into the season. Was there a, a particular area that you did prioritize in terms of who you were recruiting uh, throughout this process so far? I would say, you know, we I, I really just just from a philosophical standpoint, we're probably vastly different from just judging from the roster offensively than than maybe years past. So we, we had definitely some, um, you know, needs on the offensive side. The number one thing is speed. Uh, we, we need we and I think I think we need. Uh, team speed in general. We're talking offense or defense, right. but uh, the way we run our system, you know, we're a vertical stretch offense. Um, you know, we are going to give our receivers a lot of freedom and let those guys play really fast. And we need uh, strong arm quarterbacks to push the ball down the field and, and, and challenge people. Um, and, and not only that, I mean, on defense, we, we need people that hunt the football and people that can run and, and play, uh, you know, play aggressively, right? Because we're, uh, you know, we're definitely an aggressive style system on both sides of the ball. And you've got to have great team speed to do that. And um, I just think in general, team speed is the number one thing that we needed to address. And, uh, and certainly we've, we've attacked that. OKGs, our kind of guys, that's what, that's what it stands for, right? That's it. Yeah. Where does that come from? How did you come up with that? Yeah, so OKGs, we, we, uh, we implemented that back at Austin P. And it just, it, it, it you know, serves as a, a mechanism to identify fits, right? That's what we're looking We're looking for fits. We're looking for guys that love football right, that are unselfish people, that are good people. And if, you know, to sum it up, it's not just about being a great player, it's about being a, a good person, right? So like when we bring a young man on campus, you know, um, we don't, we, we already know he's a good player. You know, we've already done our research. Uh, we know that he can play at the FBS level. What we're concerned with when we want to stamp him as an OKG is how does he treat his mom, his grandmother, the, whoever brought his dad, whoever brought him to the visit, how, how, how does he act with them 
um, how does he pay attention in the academic meeting, right? You know, we're, uh, you know, we, we are constantly evaluating, you know, people think that when you come on OV, it's just a done deal. It's not. I mean, uh, we are evaluating you uh, when you step in the door. Uh, that academic meeting, are you on your phone? You got your hoodie on? You asleep? Are you, you know, barely awake in the weight room session? You know, we, we one thing you're going to find out about our shop is, uh, you know, for us, I'm a huge believer everything is won and lost in the weight room. And that's why we have uh, – we've hired the best strength and conditioning coordinator in the country, Chris Campbell. And um, that is where games uh, are won, in my opinion, in, in, in those phases. And so if, 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 you're, if you're already in that session when Coach Campbell is, um, you know, talking about our off-season program, our weight training program, and you're already distracted on your phone or you're not paying attention – you're not going to pay attention when you get here. You're not going to care. You know what I mean? So we're evaluating that. So we're looking for, you know, we, I believe that UTEP is the total package. I mean, it's got a, a phenomenal city, a better city than tons of places that y young men are being recruited by. Um, you've got phenomenal people here. You've got a phenomenal, uh, you know, a university that's, you know, you've got a 22 to 1 student-to-teacher ratio, but you've got 25,000 kids that go to school here. Um, you've got a beautiful campus, maybe the most beautiful campus in the country. I don't think we talk enough about. Uh, we have a historic Sun Bowl that I'm staring at right now that is the best G5 stadium in the country. Um, and, you know, there's constantly 30,000, 40,000 fans in this place. Man, you know, this is a total package, so we're looking for the total package. You know, uh, we're looking for OKGs, our kind of guys that fit this mold. And I think what it does, too, is serves a purpose in our for our coaches that, you know, you can – these coaches can walk in my office, they can throw on a great player. Like, it's easy to find great players, but we're looking for fits, right? And so, you know, it, it all goes back to meeting those core values that we're instilling in Code Blue, uh, which is commitment, relentlessness, unselfishness, toughness, and integrity. Those five characteristics – is what makes up an OKG. And when we find that, uh, that, that guy, we go after really hard. I want to have you talk about your whole staff in a little bit. Um, most of them obviously coming from Austin P. The one, I think maybe the one guy who isn't is your offensive coordinator, yeah. uh, Jake Brown from Louisiana Tech. Yeah. Um, why did you branch out to go snag him from Louisiana Tech as opposed to maybe having you know a guy who was the OC last year continue that job here? Sure. I, I really, I really, you know, Jake and I have – known each other for years and uh, I felt like taking this job we needed somebody um, there was not only a great offensive mind in that role um, that has had success uh, at, at all levels but also was super connected in the state of Texas and you won't you won't find um, a high school or a high school coach in the state of Texas uh, that'll say anything bad about Jake Brown I mean he has just been um, an unbelievable recruiter in this state well-respected, well-versed, um, you know, has, has been around some elite offenses um, from Texas Tech to Baylor to TCU. Um, he's been with, with Sonny Cumbie, who's a great offensive mind, with Cliff Kingsbury. Um, you know, he is, uh, you know, coached at all levels and uh, been an offensive coordinator himself. And then on top of that, uh, you know, Louisiana Tech getting to lead that receiver core. Um, you know, those guys threw for a lot of yards last year and, and, did, and did a really good job. And so, uh, you know, that was really something that stuck out to me and Jake when I when, – I got an opportunity at this level to hire somebody uh, of that caliber that can come in and, and help lead our offense. And then obviously all the guys that did decide to come with you, you don't always see that happen, right, with coaching changes when a guy leaves. You know, in this case, it's Austin P for UTEP. Not, a, not always does it happen where I would say, what, 90 to 95% of the staff has come with you from Austin P yeah. to UTEP. Don't always see that happen everywhere. Why do you feel like um, that is the case this time? Man, I, I'm number one. I'm super excited to bring those guys because um, 
they are great people. They're great coaches. <laughs> they uh, a lot of them have experience at this level. Um, but on top of that, I think the biggest thing, you know, why they came is because of our culture. I mean, I think that's number one. You know, when you when you're asking people to uproot their families, and you know, move you know across the country in a sense, right to to West Texas. Um, that's not you know people think you know oh you're going to FCS to FBS. That's a no brainer. Like people are just going to come. Uh, it doesn't work that way. Uh, you know, th these people have, you know, they have kids, they have wives. But I think that the family atmosphere we've created, uh, you know, and, and behind the scenes, and I give a shout-out to my wife. I'm going to get some brownie points on this podcast. <laughs> all right, before she, she, she better listen. All right. she, yeah, no, no I'm, I'm going to make sure we – whatever whatever time range this is in, like the 23-minute mark or something, I'm going to go right to that. Hey, babe, do you hear this podcast? <laughs> you know, just – it's interesting. But I talk great about you. He's, he, yeah, we'll talk great about you, all right? <laughs> I love it. So, like, I'm going to – you know, I'm going to give Callie a shout-out because she does a great job behind the scenes with our coaches' wives. You know, like – texting, you know, we're tailgating for the games, you know, making sure everybody's in tune. Hey, we're doing this. Um, you know, th that stuff goes a long way. And I think that we've created a family environment where these guys know, like, uh, I mean, if, if they got to take their kids to school, they got a, a doctor's appointment for their kids, they got to um, do something like, you know, you know, mom's doing something and they got to do something for their kids. They can do that. You know, like we, we can, um, you know, this, this, this level of football is extremely demanding as we know, but that does not mean that we put our families on the back burner. You know, uh, people talk all the time about work-life balance. And at this level, and, and in college football, I don't that does not exist. And everybody says that. It's it's football uh, and life integration, right? It, you They have to become one, right? And that's why our coaches' wives are so special. And, and I have to provide an environment as a head coach, in my opinion, to where, you know, our, our coaches' kids can come up here and run around the facility, run around the Sun Bowl, run around the offices. I don't care. Like, I mean, I want, I want our guys to – uh, be fathers uh, to their kids. And so I, I just think that that culture um, and the way we do things with integrity in terms of uh, how we treat young men, how we treat kids, we, you know, whether it's an injured kid, a walk-on kid, or a scholarship kid, I just think, I, I think we have a, a, a group of phenomenal coaches who have great hearts, and they see um, the integrity that we utilize every single day in our culture, and I think it's something that they want to be, continue to be a part of. Speaking of him, I hope you don't mind me asking this. You don't have to answer it if, if you don't like to. Is your second child, has he been born yet, or is he still waiting? No, s still waiting. Uh, he'll be born in February. Okay. So we're, we're fired up. Gotcha. Yep. Luca and Maverick, is that is that right? Luca and Maverick. That's is, that, exactly is that what right. I think it is? Is that you a big Dallas Mavericks fan? So here it is, right? All right, they, I knew it was coming. Okay, so I listen. And I got some people that still don't believe me on this. All right, and I'm going to tell you, the, this is the real story, 100%. You're getting behind the scenes. Here it is. Okay, all right. I am a huge Dallas Mavericks fan. All right, so I'm – Huge. Okay. All right. Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Mavericks to the day I die. All right. Okay. Huge. Um, 2011 was one of the greatest years of my life when, when the Mavericks won the championship, man. All right. We, we beat the, we beat the big three as everybody remembers. It was, it was awesome. Great time. So, all right. Everybody thinks I named my kids after, you know, Luca and, and, uh, and obviously the Mavericks. My wife actually picked both of these names. I kid you not. And, and when she brought it up, I was, of course, I'm on board. I'm like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, why, why didn't you say so? What, why do I even have a list? This is great, babe. Let's do it. And, and she brought it up. And I said, now, Callie, like, you understand. Like, I'm a huge Mavericks fan. People are going to think we're naming our son Luca because of Luca Doncic. And she's like, who is that? I don't even care. Like, she don't even know. She doesn't even know who that is. And it's spelled differently. It's U-L-U-C-A. Luca Doncic is L-U-K. I did notice that. So I wasn't sure. But then you said Maverick. So very interesting. You're a man of detail. Like, as soon as I brought that up, she said, well, fine, we'll change the K, make it a C. And I'm like, sweet, all right, good deal. She, Luca stands for bringer of light. And my, my wife is big on names having meaning behind them. And, man, when she said that, I was like, yeah, it's 
I mean, what do I say to that? I, I'm not going to go with another name. I mean, so she, as, as always, uh, you know, the wives are right and we're wrong. And, and she, I mean, she was on point because my little, my little kid, uh, that, that Joker is a, he is a ball of energy and a ball of light every day. And he makes me happy every time I come in the door. Uh, it just puts things in perspective. And the number two, going to Maverick, um, when she brought that up, I was like, done deal, babe. You got it again. <laughs> two for two. Let's go. She, you know, it, you know, just trendsetter. Man, Desperado, solo, going out on his own, like, you know, being his own man. Um, and I was like, now you understand what this looks like. And she's like, I know, and I don't care. And I'm like, if you're good, I'm good. So, honestly, low-key, I'm excited that it, you know, correlates with the Mavs. Uh, but that's actually not the reason why we went with it. I wouldn't have guessed that. That's a, that's a really cool story, uh, regardless. It, I didn't think we were going to talk about the 2011 Mavericks on this podcast. But that I'm a huge Denver <laughs> Nuggets fan, but that is, like, one of my favorite – and just teams that has come through in the, maybe in the last 20 years, like Jason Terry, that's just team that's – team full of guys that didn't get enough credit their entire careers, Seriously. finally on the same team and winning a championship together. It was awesome watching Sean Marion. My, my, the, the, the catalyst, that Paige Stoyakovich. Yeah. Man. People forget. he was. I mean, he, he'd be over in that corner and find that tray ball. Like, I mean – that was so much fun to watch. I mean, I remember sitting, my, my grandma, who she helped raise me. Uh, I grew up with my mom, my grandma, and she passed away. She was 95, but she was a diehard basketball sports fanatic. She's really one that kind of sparked my love interest in sports. I'll never forget, like, sitting uh, when Dirk, you know, for, I can't remember what year this was, but Dirk uh, led us to our first um, playoff victory against the Utah Jazz. 0-1. Oh, 0-1. My man, I love that. Dude, come on, man. I'm a big basketball guy. That's so good. I love it. Me too. That was my first love, dude. That was yeah. my first love. So like when he did that, uh, that, that I remember sitting there watching that with her. You know, just those memories you have yeah. as a kid. That was really cool. So we were always Mavericks fans ever since. Got you. Uh, I guess I asked you this at the opening press conference, just kind of your offensive philosophy. And I can't remember who told me this, um, but somebody said when you were at Sol Ross, you obviously you graduate, you play quarterback there for a year, and you graduate, immediately step into the offensive coordinator role. They basically gave you blank slate, right, and just said create an offense, do whatever you want. What was that like, and kind of where did that take you, and kind of maybe your journey as an offensive coordinator and now head coach offensively? Yeah. yeah, it was it was wild. I was very blessed to work for Wayne Schrader, who's the head coach of Sol Ross at the time, and and then I got the job at East Texas Baptist after that with Josh Ergel. The thing about those two guys that I'll, you know, I I underappreciated them at the time. They let me roll. They they did not micromanage me. They they believed in the system, and they and they and they let me go. And that was. You know, you know, probably at times for them really challenging, <laughs> and uh, but maybe the best thing for my career because I was able to, uh, you know, trial and error. I think that's, we we learn by experience, right? I'll never forget when I got the job. Um, you know, now look, you gotta understand, I'm a ball junkie. I'm a nerd, like when it comes to that. So I had journals of like plays and things the, the way that I would name it as a even as a like a, a player when I was a college quarterback. I'd be, I'd be in history class every now and then, and you know, uh, would be drawing up some plays instead of taking notes on the black plague. You know what I'm saying? Like I would, I would, uh, you know, I would, I would, I draw a little one back power instead of, you know, you know, learning about uh, some wars or something. So I, um, you know, it started at an early age, like wanting to develop that. But then when I got the job, I'll never forget. And I've told this story before, but the first thing I did, man, I, and again, man, I was, I was one of those kids, like I had to study to do good in school. Like I was just not naturally just, I'm going to make great grades. So I spent a lot of time in the library um, and, and, just to get away, get focused. I always, 
I feel like I think better there. I feel like I lock in better. So I just went straight to the library, went back to my roots, and I'll never forget, I, I asked the lady to give me one of those rooms that you can get a dry erase marker, rent out a room. And I went in there running out that room, and I just I literally just drew a zero all the way through 99. And I just started labeling, you know, all right, zero through 10 is going to be these plays, 11 through 20 is going to be these plays, and get all the way up to 99, and they're going to mean this, they're going to mean that. And so um, it was pretty cool to have a blank slate, but it was a lot. you know. And then I, I figured pretty quick, I needed to get out and I needed to professional develop with a lot of guys and very fortunate to have um, some really key figures, uh, you know, spend time with me to help me develop our system. And uh, once it got developed, you know, we just took off and ran with it. I, I knew at the end of the day, man, like Colin, I grew up in Texas. I, I grew up watching Texas Tech and Mike Leach in the air raid. So I love throwing the ball, but I always believe that you, you have to run the football to, to win championships. And so at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I and who's, it's funny enough, he's in this league now. Rich Rodriguez was a guy that I studied a lot at West Virginia. You know, watching Pat White, Steve Slayton was some, some of the funnest offenses ever running the zone read. And, um, you know, obviously still working to this day, you know, with, uh, with Jacksonville State. Um, so how, the question for me was, how can we combine these systems and be lethal in the pass game, lethal in the run game? And that's one thing you'll notice about us. I know a lot of people – talk about our passing game, but, you know, we are just as lethal running the football. And, um, you know, I, I think that's what makes this offense uh, tough to defend, and it can win you a lot of games because it, it adapts to your personnel. You, you, we can throw it. We can run it. We're not, you know, we're not, uh, you know, just, you know, a one-trick pony per se. You know, we, we're not just one-dimensional. Uh, you have to be able to attack all areas of the field, and um, that's kind of where, you know, our philosophy develops. Cade McConnell obviously started – the majority of the season for Utah this past year at the quarterback position played pretty well at times. Um, where do you see him maybe fitting in with your system? And you kind of answered it in a, in a, in a way just a second ago by saying that you, you don't need specific guys. You can kind of move things around. But how do you feel like he fits the system for you moving forward? I man, I really like Kate. He um, he and I have spoken uh, briefly. Uh, you know, well, a couple times actually now, um, and I've gone back and watched some tape and. I love the way he throws the deep ball. I mean, I, he, he, he's got a really, really good deep ball. He puts a lot of touch on that thing and, and allows those guys, uh, you know, to fade to the ball. So I, I, the thing I see in him already, just talking with him for five minutes, he's a great leader. He's a great kid. Yeah. Um, and he is going to be a student of the game. Guys like that, uh, they succeed in this offense because, you know, I coach those guys. Uh, I treat them like assistant coaches almost. And guys that are kind of, you know, hey, you know, we kind of like it. We kind of, no, they got to love it. You got to love it and you got to know it. And uh, this, this young man, I can tell already, um, is embracing the offense. He's embracing the idea. I, again, not that we've talked specifics yet, but he's embracing the, the philosophy of it. Um, and I, I think that he, um, watching tape, uh, he's very smart, man. He, he, you can tell he dissects defenses. He knows what's going on. He's really astute. Um, and I've been really impressed with, like, you know, how he throws the deep ball, which, you know, that's, that's you know, probably, you know, the greed in me coming out. That's the first thing I look at with the quarterbacks that can throw the deep ball. And so you, did you, your arm was not – could you throw a deep ball in your day? Uh, yeah. Let's not – we don't talk about that there, Kyle. We're <laughs> talk, now, now, I get out there every now and then and, th and, th and throw a deep ball. I was, I was good for a go ball every now and then. You were in 2015 Peyton Manning then? No, definitely not. No, no. I was – listen, man, I'm a 5'9 quarterback. It was, it, was, <laughs> it was one progression. If I saw it, I'm ripping it. If I don't see it, I'm running. That was, that was about all I had. You mentioned drawing up all the plays at Sul Ross on the whiteboard. Yeah. Of those zero to ninety-nine, how many of those plays are still in the playbook? Man, who? That's a great. That's a phenomenal question. I would say the core is still intact. To be honest with you, there's a lot of other things that what you find over the years is like you you don't need all this stuff. 
and, and you can be a jack of all trades and a master, a master of none, right? Um, because you understand, man. Like my first year calling plays at Sol Ross, like I, um, I would go to practice, man, and and you know I had it. I had it laid out what I thought I want to run, and then all of a sudden it just grew bigger, bigger, and also I'd go into the practice with this massive script, and that's where I kind of and I said this in the press conference. I think I think I scared some people in this building. Like, you don't script practice. What do you mean you don't? Like, I don't. I just what I mean is I don't. I don't call plays from a script. Like, I just don't. I just don't believe in that because like uh, on game day I'm not looking at a script calling plays. I you know we talk about kids having to get better as a play caller. I have to get better every day. So if I'm sitting there just reading a script all practice. Uh, in my opinion, that's not getting me better as a play caller. And then Saturday, I'm going to do something different. I'm really, in, I'm really a big believer. What you do in practice has to be game-like. We have to re- reverse engineer the game as much as possible. So the core foundation of the offense really is still intact. Um, you know, from our verticals concepts, from the tempo and stuff like that. But we've definitely made some adjustments over the years and narrowed it down because. I got tired of taking those big play cards to practice yeah. and like, what do I call? <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm not, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done with that. Are you going to be calling plays this year, or is is that something that you and Jake will share duties on? Does he call plays? How does that work? Yeah, I'll, I'll call the offensive plays, uh, but Jake and I definitely will. Jake will play an instrumental role um, in that. He will, um, you know, from a third down standpoint, red zone standpoint. I mean, he will he will have a a, a massive role in that as well. Is that something as a head coach you've always done? Like you've you've taken on the play calling role the entire time you were a head coach? I have, yeah. Ever ever since ever ever since I've uh, become a head coach, always done that. Just um, you know, if I ever, I, I just feel like the reason one reason why I'm in this role. I've said this every job I've had because I get that question everywhere. Um, I just the formula for you to get the job. Uh, why would you stop doing what got you the job? You know, now there's other th- reasons why. I was blessed to get this job, you know, from, from, you know, recruiting standpoint, from a culture standpoint, there's other things. I understand that. But, you know, the, um, the thing that has always been there is our system, our offense. Right. Um, so I feel like, you know, when you take a job, why would you stop doing what you're an expert in? Uh, you know, if I wasn't an expert in it, I wouldn't do it. It's like defense. Uh, you know, uh, I know exactly what I want on defense. Uh, I've never called defense before, so therefore I'm not going to be on the headset saying, "Hey, call call this cover three right here." You know, call this. That's that's my man JJ Clark's job, you know. But I'm going to do everything I can to be an asset for him to put him in a position to be successful and then let let him do his job. Speaking of defense, is Coach Clark is it a, is he a four three guy, three four? I mean, what does he what does he kind of do? Does he, does he mix it up? Yeah, we're, we mix it up. We're very diverse. Um, you know, we believe on defense. We have to cater to our personnel. Um, so. Whether we're going to base out of a three down, four down is, is going to be really more so um, dictated uh, in fall camp and spring ball, you know, because we got to see what we have, right, and what what matches. Um, the biggest thing for us is we want to be complex for for the quarterback. Um, as, a, as a as a play caller on offense and, and a, a quarterback guy, you know, I, I know what I don't want to see on defense. I know what gives us problems. I know, um, you know, what disguises hurt uh, the quarterback. And so we want to create as many um, pictures for the quarterback as possible and be in a tax style, diverse uh, group. So, you you know, you, you will definitely see a blend of things. And I think that uh, Coach Clark um, does a masterful job of keeping things simple because that's the caveat, right? You can't do so much that you confuse your own kids but the, the, the way that we use our terminology, the way we verbalize things, um, you know, the way that we uh, install it in practice and the teaching methodology makes it simple for those guys to pick up, but yet it looks complex to the offense. 
I meant to ask this at the beginning, and it totally and just totally forgot the uh, the visits, the video of the visits, the recruiting visits that <laughs> that show up on social media. They look pretty intricate. They look like yep. they're a lot of fun. Is that something you've always done since since the Austin P days, the East Texas days? I mean, what, how did the concept of that kind of come around, brother? It's uh, I, let me tell you something. That right there, <laughs> the photo shoots at our OVs are not photo shoots. They're I, they're freaking music videos, man. I mean, like we we might as well get be on old school MTV on this deal. Like it's it's ridiculous, man. Like they here's it's. I'm glad you asked. That. It started. We started those at Awesome P, and it started out with like you know this kid one time was in Coach Clark's office. So like the way our team room was set up, we had a you know locker room, team room, and then we had uh, my office and Coach Clark's office. For some reason, like this visit, we we had something going on in the locker room. It was I think I think we had an All Star game in our place. That's what it was. So we couldn't have access in there. So we had this kid on our OV, and we put him in Coach Clark's office. We had all his gear in there. And, like, for some reason, I don't know, it just happened naturally. The kid walks out of the office, and we just, like, went crazy when he walked out. And, and, and one of my, my guys, like, cued the music as soon as, like, he came out. And the kid just thought it, it, that the whole thing went viral. The kid committed. The kid ended up being a starter for us and a ball player. He's a phenomenal person. He's a coach now, um, a strength coach now. He uh, – like since then we were like, man, we're, we're kind of onto something. And so then our whole setup changed. Like, so then we're like, dude, like, all right, let's, let's, let's get this kid in the locker room and let's create a line of chairs that looks like a walkway for him to come out of these chairs and do a little, we called it club gov back at the play, back at uh, Austin P <laughs> and we had a DJ, my general manager was a DJ. So then we got a DJ booth. We had like a computer, a monitor computer with like all these, I don't even know what they put these monitor head at, like some dude, an astronaut flying around. It's, it's just like, I was like, what are we doing? Let it ride, man. We we went to Hobby Lobby. We went to Walmart. We got as many props as possible. We we like it also be like we bought sledgehammers. We bought chains. We bought just different lights. You know, I feel like every time I was out shopping with my wife, I was like, oh, we could use that in the photo shoot. You know, like you know. So we were just buying stuff, and and then it just took on its like its own uh it, it it's kind of own entity, man. Like so, it's really evolved naturally, which has been cool. And and the cool part is we're experimenting with a lot of things. At UTEP, and so yeah, like, what have, what have you added since you've been here with oh, them? Oh man, now, now I'll give a little bit away, but like you know, we I don't want to spoil it for all the recruits coming on you, OV now. You. But I'll say this: like having an elevator in it is sick because <laughs> we have a we have a guy MC in it. So like as soon as you hear the elevator go ding and they open, they so we get the kid so we get the kids personalized music that he wants. So like we had one kid that like is in love with Drake, like he's like a Drake fanatic. So as soon as he walked off that elevator, went yo ding, we announce him. And like he walks out, and man, the Drake song hits, and this kid just comes out, just guns a blazing. And dude, like, I mean, there's like, we have, and I, I caught, like, listen, like, we have had coaches cramp in this. We, we usually, <laughs> we, no, I, I'm dead serious. You, there's a picture of my receivers coach in my last place on the ground cramping. All right, we took a picture, we, we blasted on social media for him. We got to have waters. We got to have, we, we had a pack of Red Bull in this last one. Uh, we went through the whole pack of Red Bull uh, in this last, this last OP. Uh, I see where the energy comes from now. Yeah. I get it. I, I, like, I, I, I will give that secret away. Yes, that is where it came from. We needed a, we had to power through, man, but we've had coaches cramp. I've, I've turned on my, uh, you know, my watch. We, uh, we all, we all did that uh, for one visit. There was not a coach in the building that, that was under 1200 calories burned. We were well above 1,200. So I mean, look, man, we're gonna give our all. We're gonna give our all and bring the energy and passion. And and, and you know what? It, these kids get to do this maybe one time. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's fun for them. It's fun for the families. It's things that even if we don't sign a kid, uh, they're never gonna forget the, the 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 moment they had at UTEP. Gotcha. A couple more things for you. The wristbands. There's five or six on each one, maybe more. What does that signify <laughs> for you? Yeah. So uh, on my left hand. 
these are all personal. So um, these all stand for, you know, something personally that's happened in my life. Um, like, unfortunately, I have three, uh, three players um, that have passed away. One, uh, Jeremiah Collins. Uh, who passed away uh, last July in a car accident in Nashville. I uh, was a, f- a phenomenal, phenomenal young man, as well as uh, Novantre Harrison and DJ McClintock uh, passed away in a, in a drowning accident at East Texas Baptist. And so I always keep those bands uh, on my on my left hand to just remember them by. Um, I got my old high school on here, personally, Cleveland, Cleveland Yellow Jackets, uh, always keeping them near and dear to my heart, man. I could I could sing, sing you the fight song, man. Hey, hey, sting them jackets, baby, you know what I mean? So always keeping them next to me. And then, uh, and then my wife, Callie, um, her her uncle passed away from MS, and we've had a couple uh, uh, close people to us have had Lou Gehrig's MS, and so we we keep that here. And then on my right is more school based, more motivational based. Um, so I've got a uh, a band, a Michael Jordan band. Uh, that's the only one that survived, man. It's it's hanging on for dear life. I had three Michael Jordan bands. I got in eighth grade. And uh, this Michael Jordan band I got in eighth grade. It says I own the guy guarding me. It's really faded. You can kind of see it. This right is there. I. I'll have to get a close-up shot on this. But yeah. this is yeah. This thing is about to break through. Yeah, it's about to break, man. It's old, old. I mean, it's literally since the eighth grade. So several years, but it's hung on. And then uh, I've got other. Uh, you know, FCA is a big, big part of. Uh, you know, a big part of my life and big part of uh, what our program is going to be. And so uh, keep that motivation here. And then um, you know, I've got. I've, I just got to get some more minor ones, man. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm about to I'm about to have to make some replacements here and, and get that going. So yeah, you're still wearing the Austin P one. Will that still be on the the risk home game day next year? I, you know, I, what I like to do is I like to keep at least one from the previous spot where I've been a head coach. Uh, East Texas, this is my East Texas Baptist one right here. My first head coaching job and it was our first team verse and our first motivational deal. Now I've got a lot of. I got too many awesome P ones on here, and I'm gonna replace that with uh, with with the minors, baby. And then I'm I'm gonna keep one awesome P one just to remember uh, remember where you come from. Gotcha. Lastly, just uh, I know you've talked a lot about what um, kind of UTEP means to this community. Just yeah. as you've gotten out in the community a little bit, first of all, what's been your favorite part of just kind of experiencing El Paso the last <laughs> couple of weeks? And what have you? Uh, what kind of things have you and your coaches have gotten into? The, well, number one, besides the people, the next best thing uh, is the Mexican food. Yeah. Un. Believe it. Now you understand. I've been deprived for like ten years living outside the state of Texas, but man, I'm telling you, it is it has been unbelievable. You know, I took took the guys to Rose's Cantina. We went to Ellen J's. I'm hearing Kiki's is the deal. I love how people are tweeting at me like where to go. So we got like a litany of spots that we gotta hit. You know, and uh, so I'm excited. The only negative is I, you know, I think I've gained like five pounds. My it's line, fine. It's fine. It's it's gonna it's just gonna happen. My line guys gained some weight, but you know we're we're all we're all going around comparing the other day, but uh, it's totally worth it. So it's been it's been cool to you know every spot we've gone though, man. Um, people want to take pictures. People want to uh, say welcome to El Paso. Um, it, we, so many people come up and introduce themselves to us. It is evident how important UTEP and the success of UTEP athletics is for this community it is it is evident and they want a winner i mean that is the coolest thing about this job even the recruits like when we you know we've, we've taken the recruits around town on the official visits everybody we run into they're welcoming them to el paso they're welcoming their families to el paso they're talking about the sun bowl talking about what it's like i can't tell you how many parents i've sat in this room doing an exit meeting with and they've brought that up already that is the type of place I want to be associated with, a place that loves football, that loves their town, and that is – I mean, this is the most passionate fan base in the country. And I, I cannot wait uh, to, you know, give this place a product they can be proud of on and off the field. It's going to take a lot of work, and we have a lot of, a lot of building to do, but we are going to fight every single day to give UTEP and to give this community a program they can be proud of and they can boast about and – 
we can you know load this Sun Bowl up you know with uh, with, with El Paso natives that are going to cheer uh, the miners on to victory. So uh, the passion of the people has been by far my favorite uh, thing being out in the community of El Paso. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I I still speak to that a little bit. Like I was an outsider too. I I moved here. I'm from Colorado. The job I had before this was actually covering Texas A&M and College Station. Wow. So I moved here. Like I knew I'd never been here. The first time I drove in was like the first time I'd seen. I had no idea how big it was. Yeah. So it's definitely eye-opening. I think for like people who've never been here to see kind of how cool of a cool of a spot it is. So. It's it's unbelievable. I you know we the 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 recruits over and over again. I've heard multiple dudes say this. They're they're like, this view never gets old. You know, out here on the balcony, um, in my office, they're like, this this view never gets old. And I, I mean, it it really is a blessing, man, to to be the head coach here at UTEP. You know, driving in to work every day, uh, if you can call it work. I mean, this is just this is awesome. Like I can't I can't believe I get I say this all the time. I can't believe I get paid to coach football, which is amazing. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a passion. Like, but I you know I get to come in here every day and I get to see the Sun Bowl, get to see these mountains, get to see the city of El Paso. You can't beat it, man. I mean, and and that's it. Just it makes you want to give this place um, a winner more than anything, and that's and that's what we're striving to build. You know, we're going to recruit young men that are okay, Jesus. We talked about that fit the minor the minor way that fit you know fit our culture, and then um, you know we're, we're going to go out in the community. We're going to serve. We're going to be visible, and then you know when people come in the Sun Bowl and when we go on the road, uh, we're going to be a competitive football program that's going to play a brand of football that's fearless, fast, and physical, and uh, we're going to do it the right way. L&J and Roses, what was your order at either of those places? All right, let's see. All right, Roses, I got the enchiladas with red chili. Chicken enchiladas, red chili. Now, man, I messed up. Like, I'm not really like a spicy guy. And, bro, now, here was here's how you know it was good. I, my whole staff stopped there laughing at killing me. They were killing me, man, because, like, my face was bright red. Like, I mean, cherry red, and I'm just crushing these red chili. I'm like, and I need, like, eight glasses of water. It was so – like, I don't do spicy good at all. But, like, they were so good, man. And then when we went to L&J's, I got the tacos uh, and rice and beans set up. And then we got some – you know, we got the queso. And I was, I was a little more simple there, but simple and effective, man. That was unbelievable. So, it was good. Get the, uh, the horchata. That helps with the spice. It's like, it's like drinking milk with buffalo wings. Like oh, yeah, snap. yeah. So like that that because water. I, I learned this in chemistry in high school. I don't know why I remember, but water is an acid. So it like it affects like the, it makes it worse actually somehow. I can't tell you why, <laughs> but yeah, that's why like when you see people eating buffalo wings like a competition, they have a glass of milk because they, they don't have water. Yeah, they have milk because it because it stops the the spiciness. So orchata with the All with right. the salsa, and I've been the one that's telling you to go to Kiki's. Um, I've seen it on Twitter. You yeah. say Kiki's. Kiki's is my personal favorite. I don't no shade no shade to anybody. Right. I love L and J's. I love Lucy, but Kiki's is my spot. So. Okay, Kiki's. All right, I'm, get the machaka. Machaka, the Kiki's, and then all right. I think you and I should go to Kiki's together. All right, I, I, think, I, think, I think we should go, go and let's do it. All right, and then you need to be at the next recruiting meeting because you've proven <laughs> to be a food connoisseur in here and a recruiting assistant. So you know you, you're just a jack of all trades. Bro. Are you offering me a job right now? Is that what's happening? Let's let's cut let's let's cut the film and talk. Let's cut the film and talk. Get the contract out. Right. <laughs> On that note, this has been the Mineshaft uh, special edition with the new head coach of the Utah Miners, Scotty Walden. Coach, thanks for thanks for jumping on with us. Hey, I appreciate it, bro. Thanks for having me on, Colin. Hey, picks up, guys. We'll see you next time. <laughs>